Welcome back to the Gary Sutton Show on WSBA, where it's a Tuesday morning. Glad to be with you, believe me. Um, more than you ever know. 1-800-357-0910. You can email me at gary.sutton at cumulus.com. You can also uh, tweet me at Gary G. Sutton. But it's always at this time of the morning, on Tuesday morning, that we take time to feel our pulse. Our financial pulse, that is. Is it strong or is it weak? And uh, maybe there's a way to get it to be a little bit better. Ryan Fox is a guy who's always looking for ways to make it better. He's the Gettysburg Director of the Financial Consulate, a fee-only financial advisory firm. And he takes our financial pulse this morning here on the Gary Sutton Show. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Gary. How are you this morning? Doing very well. Thank you for asking. And uh, you you always are a guy that's very thematic. You like to tie things into what's going on. And you have some financial lessons that we can actually learn from the Olympics, right? I do. Yeah, I was thinking about these uh, the whole crazy Olympics. And aside from learning that the Russians apparently have a sense of humor on the closing games with their uh, their ring snafu, I uh, <laughs> thought we'd go over a couple financial lessons from the Olympics. I have six. If we get to them, great. If not, there's always next week. That's right. Yeah, thank you. The first one is plan, plan, plan. You know, when you think about the glamour and excitement of the Olympics Games, it's only uh, able to happen because of a foundation of what we call proper planning, both from the athletic standpoint, the infrastructure standpoint, and all of the travel and things like that. Similarly, when we look at financial planning, it really is the foundation of a process that moves us towards a certain goal. And if retirement needs to be a gold medal, bronze or silver, or just, just to compete, um, that's fine for many people. So the Olympics teaches us a lot about planning. The other thing we, we learn and we see very quickly, and it's the reason why some people cringe a little bit with the Olympics, is we see a lot of the unexpected. No matter how much we plan and prepare, there will always be things that come up that cause us, uh, to use the Olympic example, to fall. Mm. Things we've never seen before. You know, we can do all the planning we want, but we have to understand there really is no guarantee of future results. So with that in mind, from a planning standpoint, you know, one thing that people have heard me talk about is take a few minutes and think about your current will, power of attorney documents, who will give someone the ability to make financial and health care decisions in your place that you trust, and make sure that all the beneficiaries on your retirement accounts are updated, too, uh, to reflect your wishes. Otherwise, um, if the unexpected would occur, there's nothing that can be done at that point. It's not a difficult thing to do from the standpoint of cost necessarily or time, but the unexpected is the emotional part that goes into that. So we learn from the Olympics also to expect the unexpected. You know, when you look at uh, all the different things that can happen, you know, like a recession, uh, other things sure. that happen along the way, it certainly does alter your plan, uh, your base that you want to build on uh, right away, doesn't it? It really does, and that ties in. That, that's pretty good, Gary. Way to go. The next one is about diversification. You know, when we look at all of these Olympic sports and teams, they don't depend on one person uh, to win the game. What they look at is a diversified portfolio of athletes across a hugely diverse spectrum of abilities. And they're all very, very good, but the key is they want positive results that are consistent over time. So when we look at that from an investment standpoint, we have to keep a proper diversified investment strategy. And really the two big schools of thought that can partner well together are actively seeking market returns and indexing market returns. And the whole key is to understand how the investments are put together in a strategy that is both tactical and strategic. So it's very important that investors understand what the strategy is that's being used so that their diversification needs are met through stocks and bonds, which are very broad categories, and also 
other little slivers like commodities. Uh, we were talking about commodities this morning during my investment team call, and it's a very important piece of diversification that generally is seen as possibly an inflation, an inflation hedge, but also may not be directly correlated to stock and bond market movements, which is very important. Now, someone just wrote me a moment ago here uh, as we were talking and said, would you please ask, Ryan, what indexing is? So for, it may seem like very common language for most people. What is indexing as far as it applies to the individual investor? Yeah, uh, if you go back about 40 years ago, this this guy at Vanguard came up with this concept that you can buy into an entire market. There's all kinds of efficient market hypothesis and things like that that you can study. In essence, indexing says that over a course of time, would you rather have someone try to pick the best 50 stocks in the S&P 500, or would you rather own all 500? Who's going to do better over time? Right. So the concept of indexing is you buy entire pieces of markets, whether it's large stocks, global stocks, and hold them over time. And then the, the question becomes, how do you achieve better returns through diversification? So you have to know what areas, what indexes you're in. But indexing is a very, very popular and very good approach when coupled with periodic rebalancing, things like that. So as you look at things over a period of time then, and you say, okay, these stocks appear to be doing pretty well, other stocks maybe, eh, not so much, you could maybe take, and you say rebalancing, would that be taking some money out of the other stocks set and kind of putting it into those ones that have consistently done well over the years? Yeah, absolutely. It means uh, what you're doing is every quarter or every year, you're rebalancing back right. to your target asset allocation. So, for example, last year, if you were up 25%, you may be a lot more aggressive than you should. And that really ties into to the last two points I'd like to try to get in if we have time. We have plenty of time. One is, yeah, one is beware of fads. When we hear about the, the Olympics, and this was kind of interesting to me, you know, there used to be tug-of-war and live pigeon shooting in the Olympics. <laughs> yes. Uh, we don't do those things. No, we do not. Um, tying in with investments, you know, we've got to be aware of the fads in the hot markets. You know, we hear a lot about Twitter recently, their new IPO, and Facebook, which stock has been on fire, 3D printer stocks, Tesla. These things are all the rage. And about 15 years ago, we had a similar movement among these types of stocks called the IPO bubble, and that bubble burst. And I don't know if these stocks will burst or not. But the key is to have a consistent strategy. And if you're going to invest in these stocks that could be seen as kind of fads or at least a little bit speculative, make sure you understand the risks involved. Because to get a return of 50%, 60% on the upside, you're probably taking an awful lot of more risk that could come back to you on the downside, too. Um, and the, really, the last main point is, you know, don't expect shortcuts. These athletes, if they take shortcuts, they, they fail their, their PED test, just like we've seen at Major League Baseball. Um, when it comes to investing, there really aren't any shortcuts. So if something sounds too good to be true, if it there's is. Not, a publicly mar not a public market for it, like non-traded real estate investment trusts, or if it sounds like it's going to pass through probate and be tax-deferred and all these great things, and it's an annuity concept, Throw up some red flags, ask about fees and liquidity, and make sure that it fits into your plan. Don't take the shortcut of assuming that it does. Do your due diligence, pick it apart, and ask the tough questions. And if you don't understand, it might be a good time to stay away from it. So people don't go careening down the icy mountain of um, financial instability. Where can they get hold of you, Ryan? Sure. A 334-1861 reaches us here in the Gettysburg office. Happy to talk to anyone about any question that they might hear. We're salaried, fee-only fiduciaries. RyanFox.info is the website. Folks can jump on there, hear a bunch of these clips. 
uh, and do a lot of research and due diligence uh, really on how we operate. And always a bobsled full of information, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a really cheap segue to keep you with the Olympic theme, right? Man, that was good, Gary. Good job. It was shaky at best. But anyway, thank you for <laughs> solving, uh, saving my conscience there. Anyway, Ryan, we'll look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. Okay, my friend? Sounds great. See you then. Thank you. See you then. Ryan Fox, getting some director of the Financial Consulate, a fee-only financial advisory firm here on the Gary Sutton Show on WSBA.